Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. of the Vegas roster en route to a Stanley Cup in just their sixth year of existence. Amazing, absolutely dominant performance to close out their first ever Cup win. Welcome into Sabres Live with Marty Baron and Brian Duff. The smiles were large last night. I don't know if the same smiles existed in the office place when I walked in this morning. Vibe was a little different. Thought it was a little quiet when I came in today, Marty. Um, it didn't uh, prevent conversation from happening on last night. And obviously, Jack was front and center with another stunning performance, one that allowed him to emerge as the playoff scoring leader in his first ever postseason foray. Quite the storyline unfolding last night. Yeah, congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights. Listen, there's a lot of lessons you can take from it, uh, what they were able to do. Now, it can't apply to every team, and not everybody has the uh, the, the made-up, the, the mental and physical makeup to to be able to do what Vegas did. Uh, but look, Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, uh, just to name a few, Carlson, Marcia, so there's been – I love that. You know, the the six original misfits got to have the cup like kind of in a row after the captain Mark Stone. It went from Morales Smith to Marsha so and then ended up with Will Carrier. That was great. Um, but so I've been asked many times now from last night to this morning and even the previous day, how do you feel about Jack? And I'll be honest with you, Duffer. I'm like every year I played, I didn't care who won the cup, I just cared that it wasn't me. Like that, at the end of the season, when I see somebody lift the cup, it doesn't oh. matter if it's Joe, John, Bob. Like, it's it's not me. And I hated that. I loved the moment, but I hated the moment because it wasn't me. 
And Jack Eichel, I'm happy for him. Happy that he won. Um, I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are going to be not so happy and maybe bitter, but I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. I'm happy that he won. I just hate that it's not the Sabres in the end lifting the, you know, the trophy over their head. Exactly. That's the best way to put it. I have nothing, um, you know, I'm happy for Jack. I'm super happy for Will Carrier and, and Braden McNabb. Now, yes. now I feel bad for Will. He was the, he was the, the He's the most of the misfits. He was he was clearly the biggest misfit. Yeah, he did, they didn't even couldn't even get him in the starting lineup. But a tip of the cap to Bruce Cassidy for playing it the way he played it, just embracing the moment. And with six original Golden Knights, he's able to start five of them in the opening roster last night. And then I would say perfectly fittingly, Mark Stone is the difference maker early to get them on the board shorthanded. It's almost, when you look at it, for me, when I look at how they were constructed, it's almost like they were waiting for Mark Stone to be able to come to them. Because of their connection, you know, with, um, with the organization, really, from McPhee to McCrimmon to, like, just the way it's set up, like, they had a previous relationship with Mark and they identified him as a, as the player that would become their first ever captain. And, you know, now we're talking about a situation where Stone leads them to a Stanley Cup. This hasn't happened that a first captain in franchise history has led his team to a cup. That hasn't happened since 1928. You know, like Vegas went three years without a captain. And when Stone arrived, it's like, okay, he's our captain. He's the guy. And through all of it, injuries, surgeries, what have you, like for him to score the shorthanded goal the way he did, it was so Mark Stone. Like, I don't know how you find him. I find a moment more like he's just everybody has criticized him or critiqued him excessively over the years. Well, he can't do this. He's too slow for this, 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 this. When the brain is so much better than one's physical attributes, man, it is something to watch. And Stone just, he just outthinks his opponents all the time. It's incredible. He's so smart. And I, listen, this is our question, right? At Sabres Live on Twitter, fill in the blank Wednesday is blank is the biggest takeaway from the Golden Knights Stanley Cup win. I think that. The willingness to take risk is is definitely at the top of the list for me when I look at the Vegas Golden Knights. But what they did with Mark Stone is they traded for him February 25th of 2020, 2019, I believe. Anyway, I have to look back. Mark Stone was about to become a UFA at the end of the year. Ottawa was like, we got to trade him. We can't let him walk away as a UFA. Could've he had signed, signed a what? Uh, was that? So they could have signed him. Well, yeah, they had signed Stone to a one-year deal, $7.35 million, and was going to walk him to UFA. They trade him to Vegas. Vegas, a week later, gives him an eight-year extension at $9.5 million, like $2.2 million more than what Ottawa was playing him. Hey, now, can I pause one sec? Yeah. You remember the previous incarnation of this show? Yes. Which person on that show regular guest absolutely 
tore a strip off of Vegas and basically rolled his eyes and said, who is this guy when they signed him that deal? I don't remember. That would be Jeremy Roenick. And I'm like, have you not been watching the guy? Like, he's awesome. Yeah, well, anyway, but also Mark Stone was playing with the Ottawa Senators and it was like, right. okay, like he's a good player, but he's a 60-point player. He's 30-30, right? He was scoring 30 goals, 30 assists. Yeah. And and now all of a sudden you're paying him nine and a half million dollars for eight years? Like, yeah, it's called projection though. Like you have to pay risk. attention. It's a right, 100%. You're so right. You're so right. It's oh. a good risk. That's why in the end, I always say money, like William Carlson, that was a great risk. He scored 40. You signed him to an extension. He never got to 40 again. But you know what? You sign him long term and you hope that at one of those years, it's going to pay off, right? One of those years, something's going to work out. And, and maybe you're not going to like Mark Stone in the last two, three years of his deal. Maybe he's not even going to be playing in the yeah. last two, three years of his deal. But it's a good risk. And with the Carlson thing, you're right. You don't need him to score 40. You just need him to be an effective player. Why? Because you have people on board who are projecting the cap and constantly projecting what your roster may look like. Now, what I'm surprised at most here today, and maybe it's because this faction of fans has turned off the game right now because their stomach is upset by either seeing Jack win or seeing Vegas win for any number of reasons. I'm surprised I'm not seeing more accusations. But again, I think people might be fatigued by it. Accusing Vegas of being just like Tampa. Circumventing the salary Circumventing the cap. And I get it. But if we're going to sit here and talk about things we've learned and takeaways and stuff like that, Tampa and Vegas are not the outliers here. The point is, is when you get good enough, And I said this when Tampa started broaching this and going down this path. I'm like, I hope a team that I'm interested in does the exact same thing. Anything possible to win, to keep it together. And look what's happened. Tampa wins. Tampa wins. Vegas wins. It's it's part of the way professional sports is. And, and but you, you also have to make the playoffs. And Vegas, despite not having Mark Stone for a while this season and not having no. players and, and rotating five goalies or whatever the situation was, mm-hmm. they still won the Western Conference in the regular season. They were wire season. to wire, basically. And even basically. when they were, they were it, and and we were guilty of it too, almost to a fault, right? Like November, end of November would roll around and we're like, we're not really talking about Vegas. The Oilers. You know? It was the Oilers, yeah, the Colorado somebody, Avalanche. It was, always, it was, it was the Dallas else. Stars, and it was yeah. maybe the Winnipeg Jets, and it was never the Vegas Golden Knights and what they did. So, yes, you talk about willing to take risks. The trade for Jack Eichel was a big risk because mm-hmm. you didn't know what was going to come out of that next surgery or anything like that. And they traded Tuck, which was a big piece there, a first-round pick in Payton Krebs, a first and a second, right? There was a big price. Um, it took a risk. Signing Mark Stone, who became their captain and one of their leader, was a big risk. Um, how about, you know, the change in coaches that they've had the last few right. years? They've had six years. They've had three coaches, right? They Pretty good Jer- ones, though, right? Jared Gallant, great coach. He went to the Cup his first year. Eh, you know what? Move on. We'll bring in Pete DeBoer. We think DeBoer is an upgrade. You know what? Pete DeBoer, you, you, we think we can get an upgrade. His name is Bruce Cassidy. Yes, today, a year ago. 
Today, a year ago, they announced Bruce Cassidy as their coach. Mm -hmm. They're not willing to just sit there and say, good is good enough. They're saying, we need to be great. That's the takeaway. That's the takeaway from Vegas winning the cup. I get chills when you say that. Like, I love this. Ah, it's so, I, I don't care what anybody thinks about Vegas. What I care about is like, we're talking about a winner and how you get to this point and what you're willing to do to get to this point. And I love this response at Sabres Live to our question about the takeaway. Aaron provides it. And, and sometimes when you read something, like you don't know the nuances exactly from the person writing the words, right? Yep. Which is why texting is so dangerous. Loyalty is not required from an organization to win. Now, this does not have to be perceived as a negative comment. It might just be a matter of fact, loyalty is not required. But the beauty of it is there's a huge element of loyalty within the Vegas Golden Knights organization. A huge element. You've got one third of your roster is still the same as when you started six years ago. That's almost unheard of in today's NHL. And you married it. And you married it to character players, Smith, Carlson, Marcheseau, Theodore, McNabb, and Carrier. Like, and 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 we've seen this in the buildup to this Vegas win is that no missing link, no, no weak links. Every you know, you have to have quality all the way through. That, those six players represent quality, and they don't have to be your 100 percent best, but sometimes they are, which makes it even more special. There's always two sides to the medal, right? And it depends what side you decide to focus on. So when, when when Aaron says loyalty is not required from an organization to win, what do I think about the first thing I think about with Vegas? Coaching their changes? Of, their treatment of Marc-Andre Fleury, right? The mm-hmm. treatment of Marc-Andre Fleury, the first guy they picked in the expansion draft, got him to the Stanley Cup final in the first year. And then it became like the Alan Walsh, the agent of Marc-Andre Fleury, the dagger through the back, the boar, you know, basically backstabbing Fleury and the whole thing. And they, you know what? They moved on from Marc-Andre Fleury. So mm-hmm. if you decide to look at this side of the medal and say, well, they're better off without Flurry in Vegas. Now, did they handle it right? Eh, maybe not. But loyalty is not required from an organization to win. But then you flip to the other side and you say, well, there's huge moments of loyalty in this organization. Loyalty to Jack. Loyalty to Mark Stone, who went through another surgery. Could have been, like Mark Stone talks about how he... he, he there was a time where he thought my my career is over and maybe I may not even be able to function normally because of his neck and his back and everything. Like there was loyalty from the organization. There's other players. Look, this is a question I'm going to ask you too, but look at the amount of players in their jerseys and equipment on the ice after the game. They have four goalies on the ice. They had 30 some players on the ice. Did Aiden Hill get the cup yet? I don't know. He's just still waiting in the back. He's six. <laughs> sure, it seemed six. like it took forever to get it to him last night. They got night. it to Brossois and Logan Thompson probably before Aiden Hill. They went but, to Quick first. Yeah, they did. Well, that was Alec Martinez saying like, hey, Quickie, you're a big part of this. And that's hey, fine. Quickly, Veteran... uh, sorry, didn't mean to pun there, yeah. but it, is is John eligible? He didn't play in the playoffs, but he played nine or ten regular season no, games he, with he, Vegas. He, but is it different for a player or goalie for the name? Because it's usually 
So is he going to get it? Get the well, name he on was, the cup? He was he was rostered. For, you have to be rostered for one playoff game, right? So you have to be on the twenty man roster for one play one Stanley Cup Finals game. So I if you, you don't to have play, a shift, I, I, it used to be, but I don't think like if you sit on the bench and you're on the twenty man roster, you uh-huh. are technically on the game sheet and on the cup. Yeah. But I don't know. There's different rules for that. But look, there's yeah. petition. I the if the Vegas Golden Knights calls the league and says, "Hey, Jonathan Quick's name has to be on the cup." It, like yeah. they're gonna say yes, right? There's a mm-hmm. lot of things, but um, look. So to this, your point, all the guys out on the ice—that's that's loyalty. That's loyalty yeah. to them, and they feel loyalty to the organization. Now, I want to ask you that question because that is something that last night I had a hard time dealing with. Maybe is how do you feel about all those extra players getting dressed and to go on the ice? Because I'm fifty-fifty uh-huh. on it. And I was 75-25 last night on the negative way, and I yeah. worked myself to 50-50. But I think that's as far as I'm going to go. I have seen it now for so many years that it doesn't even register with me. I, I If you had asked me this six, seven years ago, maybe I would have had a stronger take on it. Um, but I, I don't know. Based on how methodical it was last night, uh, almost mechanical, you know, the Vegas, yeah. the handoff from one to the next, all the way through ownership, management, assistant GMs, assistant coaches, you know, John Stevens, what a great dude. Like yeah. I, I've always admired his intelligence and, and ability to, you know, just even in a short moment of time, like just articulate the game. And I love his his demeanor and everything. And it was really well, nice. He to is see a him winner everywhere he's gone. Yeah, he's he a won winner. the AHL and... Calder cup with the phantoms yeah. uh, as a coach, as a player. Um, yeah. He was in LA. He's, I, I had him as a coach in Philly. Look, mm-hmm. do I think he's a good head coach? No, I don't. No. And I'll tell that to everybody. He's a great assistant right. coach, not right. a good head coach. And he's won as an assistant coach. So that's great. Now here's yeah. the thing with the guys going on the ice. I personally think nah, I don't like it. Right. Like you have your 20 guys that are dressed for that night. Come out in your suit. Like you if it what if it's a two-two game and you get the guys dressed and all of a sudden you lose? Like the guys have to go to the back room and get undressed because you I, lost the game. Like it's six-one, right? After two. It it's okay, but the only thing, the only reason why you would want everybody to dress, especially a guy like Laurent Brossois and guys that have played, is so that they can get their picture in their gear with the cup over their head. That's mm-hmm. the only thing that I can feel and, and have an argument as saying that's important. Everybody, every player should have their picture with the cup fully dressed on the ice and you put it over your head. But I still remember 93, right? Denis Savard, he was on the bench coaching the Montreal Canadian. He's a Hall of Famer and everything. He's in a suit, in the team mm-hmm. picture. And I'm like, yeah. I want that. I want a guy that is like, I'm part of the team, but I didn't play <laughs> right. Yeah. It's funny. I, like I say, I, I can't form a strong opinion on it. Um, but I, I can definitely see both sides of it. The one thing that I, that needs to be kind of reemphasized, not that it's not obvious to people, but, um, but if we're talking in the context of team building and takeaways and, you know, how most importantly, the Sabres here on Sabres live continue their development, their involvement, um, I mean, we're talking six years of the Vegas Golden Knights and in regular season play, they are a top five team in playoff play over that time. They are the second best team. Only Tampa has won more games in the playoffs than Vegas since their inception. So like 
this is kind of the best model you could follow, right? Like if 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 at some point, like and 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 you can't undo history, you can't erase it. It's there. You must learn from it and move on. But if you're like drawing a line and saying we're starting again now, right? Wouldn't you try to like everything you said earlier about risk and all that? Wouldn't well, you try more. to follow the Vegas model? I got more but, than the like, risk. Like the risk like, is important, it, but and 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 it's not. And everything you said, like mm. Flurry, Leonard, still under contract for two years. But the beauty is, the sum of their parts, which is a terrible term to use for eighteen skaters in a game, but the yeah. sum of their parts is so much greater than one individual between the pipes. And that's not to take away from Aiden Hill. But it's a fascinating further discussion to get into here with Hill being a free agent, with I've got 23 guys now on my goaltender list for the carousel for this summer. Like, at what point do you just stop obsessing over the position and realize that it's so much more than that position? You know what I mean? Okay, willing to take risk and willing to make moves to win is the number one takeaway I get from Vegas in their six years of existence. Number two that I have that teams may look at as takeaways this year with the Vegas Golden Knights to me is discipline in two forms. Mm -hmm. The the number of penalties that Vegas took in the regular season, they're their least penalized team in the regular season, right? They still played a tough game. They were the least penalized team. Ask Matthew Kachuk. You know what their plus minus penalty drawns to penalties taken in the playoffs was this year? Vegas? Plus 18, Duffer. The second team was the Toronto Maple Leafs at plus eight. They're 10 better than the Maple Leafs, right? That's why they won. They were plus 18. Discipline is important. But then the other side of discipline is, um, I'm getting a call from. Vegas? No, it sounds like Mugatu. And for those who say, like, who know who Mugatu is, it sounds like it could be Mugatu calling me. Um, you want to take Ferrell, it? But no, I'm not taking it. I'll Are call you him. Sure? Yes. Can we not uh, wire it in? This could be fun. And this could be fun. But um, he's going to tell too many stories about me, and I don't want to. But the discipline, you talk about how they played defensively. Aiden Hill this year played 27 games, okay? Mm-hmm. He was a top 15 in both save percentage and goals against average. Top 15. He was 35th in goal save above expectation per 60. Like the numbers, if if you're 15 in, in regular numbers and 15 in advanced numbers, okay, you performed at a high level, at a top 15. Mm-hmm. But the way Vegas defended and the discipline in their defensive game allowed for Aiden Hill to have great regular numbers and average, uh, you know, advanced numbers. Why? Because he didn't see as many scoring chances, as many dangerous shots, as many, as many high danger chances. He didn't see as many of them. That's what the numbers tell you. And why didn't they see as many of them? And that's my third point. Because of their group of defense, which you, Duffer, have yeah. been talking about all year long. Year, they, years, really. Oh. Years. <laughs> they went and got Alex Petrangelo. He was a 30-year-old defenseman. Yeah. They went and got Alex Petrangelo, right? They gave him the big extension, the contract. They yeah. got Theodore, right? That was an original misfit. They got size on the back end, right? So now I'm trying to compare this to the Sabres. The willingness to take risk. Look, 
the Sabres have done their fair share of risk a little bit when you think mm-hmm. about, um, you know, Tage Thompson to the middle and, you know, Quinn Paterka, Dylan Cousins, Samuelson, whatever. There's risk yeah. there sure. a little bit. Um, their discipline, Don Granado has got the team playing better, but now I feel like the next step is the system discipline. Yeah. And three, like they've got size on the back end. The Sabres do. They got uh, like they're building a group of six. And I think that's another step this summer to take. So looking at the Sabres and saying they're not far off this Vegas approach to how to build a championship team. You know, there's different adjustments. You're not always going to do the same one, but they're not far off in the three biggest points. I think why Vegas made it there. And the market will always dictate a certain amount of roster construction. Vegas is different than Buffalo. Why did Petrangelo end up in Vegas? It was an incredibly attractive option for him after winning a cup and being priced out basically in St. Louis, right? Yes. Once in a lifetime opportunity, Vegas had already established itself as an incredible hockey market with a super fun buildup on game days in and around the arena, right? So again, that's what's trying to be built here is a winning environment. So people Mm -hmm. remember whether you're, you know, a player or scout, any extension of the hockey community it's like, oh, this is actually super cool here. And you want to make it conducive for free agents to consider you as an option. But there is a pretty big disparity. And there always will be when market size is different. And yep. geographical location is different. You can't you can't make up the weather here. That, you know what I mean? Like, so these are- Can't these make are up awesome. the tax bracket here either. I mean, 100% true. So these are all <laughs> things that it's never going to be apples to apples, ever. Ever, ever, ever. It's just the way it is, but you have to do what they're trying to do now, which is build throughout. Honestly, I just, there are so given like locking in Dylan Cousins, locking in Matthias Samuelson, locking in Tate Thompson, potential Mm -hmm. locking in of Rasmus Dallin this year, and at some point, Owen Power and moving forward. Yeah. Like that's what Vegas did. Yes. That's what Vegas did with Carlson, Petrangelo, Stone, uh, you know, Marsha So, Riley Smith. Like that's what Vegas did. But Nick Waugh getting his deal, Nick Haig getting his deal, the yes. fact that Carrier and Colasar are $1.4 million players. Just let me, allow me this window of 30 okay. seconds to gush one more time about Will Carrier, that is. It it <laughs> took a long time. And, and, you know, not to be forgotten in all of this, I, I think a big reason why... I, I know I personally feel this way, and I would assume other fans. Like, Will Carrier was a piece. It could be argued how big, but he's a piece of the Ryan Miller trade. Like, this, it's a massive turning point, if you will, and that's probably not the right phrase, in this franchise's history. When the decision was made, to move off of Miller and Ott and 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 try to get the Eichels and Reinhardts and all the rest of the world, right? Will Carrier came in that deal. Will Carrier was unlike almost any player we had. Will Carrier played less than a full season with the Buffalo Sabres. Scored his first goal in a shootout win against Pittsburgh on a night when Anders Nilsson, between shootout and regulation, made 49 <laughs> out of 50 saves. Like, but I'll never forget it because I was like, oh, I'm so happy for this kid, right? This year in regular season and playoffs combined, Will scored 18 goals, 
31 points in 74 games at 1.4 million. Yeah. Can you tell me a fourth liner? If and that's I don't even like using it. I mean, as as Ralph said, we don't number our lines. No, we do. But seriously, think of that impact. 18 goals, 31 points, 1.4 million. Basically 12 minutes a night at best. That's how you win. And that, that was a four-year deal. You win. And that was a four-year deal. Yep. And I was like, look, we're, you could give a, a one-year deal to a player like that, say at one and a half million, and then we'll see. No, they said, you know what? Here's it. Luck you in for four years. Yeah. And we're going to use you. And we're going to give you a role. And you're going to fulfill that role to a to another level. So, um, yeah, I, I think that was great on Will Carrier. I loved, again, that the original six misfits got the cup right after Mark Stone. Hey, and, we finally yeah. have an original six that's actually accurate. Well, yeah, that's that's true. Well, I yes, you're right, because you hate that we mentioned the original six teams when it's the yeah, Rangers. Because the original Georgia, four Boston, were like Hamilton Toronto. and Quebec and Montreal and Toronto. So yeah, but it's the original, the original six era because it was the longest era with six teams, but I get what you're saying, so that's what it is. Now, listen, I know we have to get to break. And I know we have more to discuss. I want to tease this, that I have three very important questions to ask you coming out of the break, because I want your opinions. I want Brian Duff's opinions on those things. I already asked you once earlier, one about the players coming out to celebrate in their full gear, because mm -hmm. it really, you know, bothered me last night in a way that I was debating this in my own head. Um, there's a few things I want to talk about. One of it is injuries, Duffer. Oh. And we know that what happens at the end of the playoffs is we have this long list of injuries. We can discuss that too, because there was some significant one with the Florida Panthers, not so much with the Vegas Golden Knights, but I have questions for you. So be ready. Be ready. I'm coming in strong. I have chest pains just thinking about it. This is Sabres Live, <laughs> and it continues on WGR and MSG after this. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.